welcome to Team Mom Time. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about how Kaylin Lowry from Teen Mom 2 is doing after taking an unfortunate fall down her stairs. Leah Messer opening up about her suicidal thoughts in her new book. And Teen Mom Young and Pregnant star Ashley and Shen reignited their feud on Easter. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hey Chelsea, how are you doing? Doing okay. How about you? Doing good. So while, you know, we're still in quarantine here, like much of the nation is amid the coronavirus pandemic, we still have some nice escapism for you guys with Teen Mom News. Can't wait to get into it with you guys. Just make sure you listen on Spotify. Okay, so we'll start with an unfortunate story, a scary story this week. So Kaylin Lowry from Teen Mom 2, uh, she, you know, went to her Instagram story and she revealed this pretty scary event that happened to her. So she says that she, you know, woke up in the morning, like usual, to go let her dogs out around 6.30 in the morning. And she was like reading her, like a text message on her phone as she was going down the stairs, I guess. And then she says, quote, I missed the last three stairs. So she fell and she was really scared. Then she said that she called for her oldest son, Isaac, and um, another another friend's son who I guess like they're all quarantining together um, for help. And she thought that she broke her ankle. So now, you know, because of that, she's on crutches. But thankfully, I think the biggest thing for for her and for fans when they heard this news was like, is the baby okay? Cause she's pregnant. Um, and so thankfully she said the baby's okay. I'm not sure how she was able to assess that. Like maybe she had a call with her doctor, maybe, you know, I'm not sure like how that, you know, how that went, but baby's okay. She says. And I think at least like hobby came to get Lincoln. So, you know, she doesn't have her hands too full with, all the kids at home, but she still is on crutches. And she said she's never had a sprained ankle before. So, you know, she's not sure like how long her recovery is going to be. But again, like the biggest thing is the baby's okay. She's okay besides the sprained ankle. So Chelsea, what are your thoughts about this? Little I mean, I, I think it's definitely really scary. Um, we already knew that Kale was getting progesterone shots. I think every week, maybe every two weeks. Um, which if you're not familiar with those basically can help a woman not go into early labor pretty much. Um, And they're used for women who have had miscarriages in the past or have had issues with carrying a pregnancy to term, which we know Kale has had. Um, So I think it's got, it must be such a huge relief to know that everything is okay and that baby's okay and that pregnancy is progressing as normal. I can't imagine what it would feel like, especially with everything going on. You know, you don't want to go to the hospital if you don't absolutely have to, but this is could easily, you know, a fall is a fall. You sprain your ankle. That sucks. You're going to put a bandage on it. You're going to put your feet up. You're going to rest for a few days. But when you're pregnant, it just adds a whole other element. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like, so it's just so scary. I mean, honestly, maybe because she, she said that she specifically fell down the last three stairs. So I think that actually might have been a helpful thing. It's not like she fell down a whole flight because I feel like that would have been a lot more serious of an injury. So I'm glad that it was only, you know, 
the last three, but still like a sprained ankle does suck, especially like being pregnant and being on crutches. I couldn't imagine that either, but, um, you know, she, I think she, you know, she's taking care of herself and she's kind of been laying low a little bit in social afterwards. And I hope that, you know, she will heal quickly from this sprained ankle and everything will be great. I just can't decide if this is a good time or a really crappy time to have a sprained ankle. You know what I mean? Like, is it nice because she's just at home and so she can kind of rest and not worry about running around to pick up her kids at school or do play dates or whatever? You know what I mean? Or is it like it particularly sucks because everybody's at home and now it's like my kids are all here, but it is hard for me to chase after them and see what they're doing and make sure they're not swallowing Legos or whatever kids do. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit better because, you know, if I, I've sprained my ankle before, it's not fun and you definitely want to keep off it. You want to keep it elevated, keep it iced, all that. So, you know, that's good that she's able to do that. And it sounds like, you know, the other, the older two boys, Lincoln and Isaac, you know, it sounds like their, their dads can, you know, take, take the load off of her a little bit and have them come over to their houses while she recuperates. But I think she'll just be left with Lux. And it was cute. She posted a cute clip of Lux after after it all happened. And she was like, well, what happened to me? And his cute little voice, he's like, you were crying. <laughs> <laughs> he just roasts her. <laughs> it was adorable. But um, but yeah, you know, we're wishing her the best and hope uh, hoping for a speedy recovery. She's not the only one who had a bit of a scary time this week, though. We got a look at Leah Messer's book, Hope, Grace, and Faith, um, where she talks about her life. It's a memoir, and she opens up in about and she opens up in it about a particularly scary moment where she was driving in her car and she had a thought about how she could just drive off a cliff and how easy it would be. She wrote. I glanced back over my shoulder at the three crumb-covered seats behind me. Except for Addie's sippy cup, they're empty. I do a mental check. Allie and Aaliyah are with their dad. Addie is spending the night with Jeremy's mom while he's away working. It's just me in the car. There's a steep cliff off of the side of the road just up ahead. It would be so easy to drive my car over the edge. Then it would all be over. No more worries. No more failure. No more pain. Ultimately, we know she was able to take care of the situation and handle it. She wrote, I turn off the engine and put my head down on the steering wheel and that she kind of reached into the deepest part of herself to think about her kids and how they needed her and make it through that experience. But, you know, that's a really scary moment. And I think a lot of us have intrusive thoughts where you're like, I could do this terrible thing or this terrible thing could happen right now. But when you're by yourself and and you've been through so much, it's really easy to get sucked into a dark thought like that. What do you think, Emma? Uh, It was honestly really hard to read that. And it's just such a heavy thing. And it's horrible to think that Leah was in such a dark place that she was really thinking about, you know, about not being here anymore. And and that's just horrible, especially as as a mother of three. It seems like I don't think it was like specifically what they didn't say, like what specific time frame this was, but like, obviously we've seen on the show, Leah has been through some dark periods and I want to assume maybe it was around the time that she was having the issues with the, uh, she's now, she didn't say at the time, 
but she later admitted or revealed that it was a prescription drug abuse. And so she was going through that and then she, that actually ended up coming to some sort of like confrontation or some sort of, you know, chat with Corey and he kind of confronted her about it. It was kind of like an intervention and then she went to rehab. So I want to say it was probably around then, but yeah, it just really gives you a deeper look into really how bad things were for her. And she's always kind of been very, I don't want to say, yeah, I guess private's the, the right word. Uh, she's been pretty private in, in terms of her life that's off the show, you know, like we've heard of her like dating off and on some other guys that like she won't ever like have on the show. So in, in that term, she's private. And also when it came, when it came to this specific moment in her life, she was very private. So I think honestly, it's a good mark for her that if she's talking about it and she's opening up about it and she's ready to, you know, really lay it all out there in this book, I think that means that she's in a good place now where she can actually, you know, do that. Yeah, I mean, she says in the book, there's another part of the excerpt where I think she kind of reckons with having that thought and confronting that thought and being able to pull herself out is like a tremendous feat in itself. You know what I mean? Um, Because she says, it's like I was in the middle of a violent thunderstorm, then suddenly the clouds parted and now everything is bathed in a warm light. I can see clearly what I have to do. My daughters need me. So I think to to be in that position where you're at such a dark place and realize there's not just a path forward, but there is like this guiding light for you. I think that's that's huge. And that's like a really big thing in your toolkit when it comes to confronting thoughts like this in general, because I think it's really rare that it's just a one-time thing. You know what I mean? I think it's something that you reckon with for a long time. And to know that she knows how to cope with it is huge. Yeah. No, for sure. And honestly, okay, like thinking back to those scenes of her, you know, when she was kind of like in the throes of this really dark period to now, I think she's really thriving. She seems like she's got a really great, you know, head on her shoulders and she's got a positive mindset and she's kind of killing the game like you know being this awesome mommy to her three little girls and she's in a better place now but you know I think I I am very interested to I've seen some other excerpts here and there from this book that's coming out on May 5th and I'm very interested to see the rest and kind of like get the whole story because like I said I think she was very private about a lot of this stuff. And we're going to get to learn a lot more about Leah that we really didn't know. And then moving on into our third topic. So Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, Ashley Jones and her baby daddy's mom. So this is Barr's mom, Shen. They have always had a really rough past. I mean, I think remembering back to earlier, you know, seasons of the show, I think the feud was already started when they had joined the cast. So they reignited this feud again. And it's unfortunate that this happened on Easter Sunday because, you know, Easter Sunday, it's a holiday. It's supposed to be about family. And here's this really crazy family feud, you know, and it played out completely on social media. So what happened was, is that Shen, I think it started... It was hard to like track down where this started, but I'm pretty sure it started when Shen went on her Instagram live and she was accusing Ashley of like all these things. Basically, 
she said that Ashley had been accusing Shen of being a Debbie grandmother and that she, you know, did not want to see her grandchild, which is Holly Bella, uh, that Ashley shares with Barr and, or she hadn't been sending any presents or anything like that to, to Holly. And so Shen was like, oh, it's because, you know, I did send a package and then, uh, it got sent back to me. And then I, I did another, you know, I, I sent another set of gifts, but it, I did it through Walmart pickup where all they had to do was go pick it up. And then they told me that they weren't going to pick it up and all this stuff. So then, uh, Shen was also said that Ashley was like, oh, you don't even think about your granddaughter, blah, blah, blah. So her response to Ashley was quote, I thought about my granddaughter as I sent gifts to my other grandchildren and thought about how effing sad it is you use her as a pawn to control people. So Ashley sees this, of course, and Ashley is, she will never back down from anything. Like she's always, I mean, we saw that when she got into that feud with her other cast members on Young and Pregnant, she's always up for a good Twitter feud. So she goes and she clips pieces of this IG live and she posts them and she will, she responded to each one of Shen's claims in the, in the caption of her posts. So she said that the package was the first package that Shen sent never actually made it to her home because it was probably returned to sender. And then Ashley said, quote, you're trash, you're a bad grandmother, and all almost all the kids you have come into contact with have been to prison and you need my attention to live, which is, you know, rough because we know that uh, Barr's brother is currently serving a 50 years to life sentence on murder charges. So there's just like low blows going back and forth with them. And then it kind of finally ended for the moment in the time being when Ashley posted this video of herself basically mocking Shen's IG live. And she's like pretending to, to smoke a cigarette. And she's, you know, saying like, call my lawyer because I'm going to make a live about you every single day and I'm going to sue you and all that stuff. So yeah. And the thing that was weird about this was that a couple hours later, Ashley went and posted photos of Holly looking so cute in her little Easter outfit. And then Shen post reposted that photo. So it was like, <laughs> it was like, you guys went so hard. And then it kind of like quieted down. But Chelsea, tell me what you think about this. Um, If I can just allow myself to divorce this drama from the fact that they're real people for a second, I got to say that I love a feud. Um, I am just endlessly entertained by people who will not stop going after each other on social media. I think it is a gift from celebrities to us normies, (laughs) but obviously they are real people. And so like this sucks for Holly, but also tea, you know what I mean? Like could not take my eyes away. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's hard. And like, honestly, I think what started the feud was that Shen was upset when Ashley got pregnant and that Shen, either Shen threatened, this is all allegedly too, but Shen had allegedly threatened to jump Ashley while she was pregnant oh or God. send someone to jump Ashley while she was something like that. It, I, I'd have to like go like deep back, but it, I think it definitely like it goes pretty far and they will never, I think they will just never get along, which is again, sad for Holly. Also sad for Barr because we've seen Ashley and Barr have issues. They've been off and on dating. It looks like they're very much together now because he was over Ashley's on Easter and they were, you know, I celebrating Easter together. They're quarantining together maybe because they've been together a lot, but she's, mm-hmm. she's said recently, like she's single. She's mm-hmm. just doing her thing. She's by herself. 
Bro- romantically um <laughs> but with bar physically i guess i don't know um yeah it's, so i don't really so know what their status is they mm-hmm. definitely also could be doing whatever they're doing and just being like stop asking me questions you know what i mean right i don't know i just couldn't imagine having such a, a deep-rooted feud and such a hatred for my partner's and my father of my child's mother mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. like my kid's grandma it's just it's hard so while I don't think that they will, you know, get over it anytime soon, I do hope in the future some at some point they can reconcile for Holly and Barsik. Yeah, we've seen a lot of toxic mom relationships, but I got to say this is an explosive one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now we're moving into our next segment, Truth or Tale, where we break down what we think is and isn't going on in real life. This week we are talking about Mackenzie McKee and Josh McKee. Obviously, on Teen Mom OG, we've seen them split, and we've seen Josh pretty much win Mackenzie back. Um, And we'll talk about what went down this week on Teen Mom OG in a few minutes. But right now, they are dealing with some IRL drama because over Easter, Mackenzie posted a photo, and it didn't have Josh in it. It was just her and her kids, and then a photo of her kids with her dad, And then just like different photos of her little ones and selfies together, but no Josh anywhere to be seen. And she got a lot of comments about that. Um, One person said, ah, hubby not in the pics. Somebody else said, no Josh, what's happening? There's just a lot of where is Josh, no Josh, a lot of comments like that. And eventually I think Mackenzie kind of just lost her cool a little bit. Um, And she just said, not for all you to see. Like someone's like, where's Josh? And she's just like, he's not, he's not going to be on here for you to be commenting on all of the time. Um, she used a shrug emoji and she said that that just makes her life easier. And she also, when people were just like being like, well, you, but you put your life out there. She's just like, okay, just like my pick and go, which I love when she (laughs) does that. Um, but so she pretty much was like, whether Josh is in my life or not, he's not going to be on Instagram for you to be weighing in on. So what do you think? Do you think that that means anything other than she's like, please butt out of my relationship? Or do you think that means maybe there is something funny going on behind the scenes that he wasn't there? We've seen on Teen Mom OG, she's like, you really need to step up to the plate. So is it possible he maybe didn't this time? Or do you think it's just like, please mind your business? Uh, it's hard to tell with them. It's, it really is because they are so off and on. They have this, this, you know, reputation of being so off and on. And, you know, I see the, I see both sides of like the fan saying, Hey, you owe us this information because you already gave us the first part of it kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. on the show, like you're already being so open about it. So you owe this to us versus I can see her wanting to be like, listen, this is something that I want to keep to myself a little bit. I don't know. I think I'm sure Josh celebrated Easter with his family. I'm sure she has photos of Josh celebrating Easter with the family. I don't I just don't think she posted them. I I feel like she is at the point where she's fed up because I think she I think she feels like she's damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. Where if she posts Josh or whatever, fans will be like, oh, he's this, he's that, blah, blah, blah. Versus when she doesn't post him, then fans are going to be like, well, where is he? You know, like she can't kind of, she just can't win kind of with them. I, I don't know if that was a good move on her part to exclude him from the Easter thing. Cause you know, people are going to talk no matter what, but I don't know. 
it's hard to tell if they're still together. I hope that they are. I hope that, you know, everything's going well, but you just never know. What do you think? I think that Mackenzie's flair for the dramatic is one of the things I love most about her. (laughs) Um, And so we've seen on the show that play out in like one episode, she's being like, Josh has never made me feel loved and he's never once given me a present and he's trash and I never want to look at him again. And then two episodes later, she's like, okay, he gave me a present. So I'm back in. Um, (laughs) And she explained a little about that on Twitter as well. Just for all of you guys who thought Josh didn't step up to the plate. She said he did take her out for her birthday dinners. He just didn't give her a gift. And then he gave her a bunch of gifts in the lead up to his reproposal. But one other thing she said on Twitter gave a little more insight into this situation. And it does not mean that things are perfect between her and Josh, but she did reveal that they are together, at least. Um, Mm -hmm. She, again, understandably, is just like so tired of all the questions. Um, And she tweeted that she almost wants to tease people and say that she's in a new relationship just so people will stop asking her, like, why are you with Josh? Um. And she gets, yeah, she gets a lot of hate about it. And I totally understand that people see the show, especially when Josh says he's had like an inappropriate rodeo relationship, whatever. Um, (laughs) But when he, (laughs) when he says that, I, I totally get why people are like, he just is not respectful of Mackenzie. And especially that this is his career. He's always going to be on the road. Just like, there's no trust there and Mm -hmm. he's going to do it again. Um, and a lot of people have the one's a cheater, always a cheater mentality. Um, Mackenzie and Josh have dealt with a lot of cheating issues on both sides and still seem to want to be together. So that's their beeswax. Um, Mm -hmm. but basically she is just so, so over it, which, um, Mm -hmm. I really, I, I mean, I don't really too. Nobody's bugging me about my relationship status. Um, <laughs> but I totally get that she's just like, I don't post a photo. You guys are obnoxious. I do say that I'm with Josh and you guys are like, <laughs> why are you with Josh? Like, yeah, you know, it's not the she same crowd, win. but but there's just a wide diversity of people who watch this show and some of them hate Josh and some of them <laughs> right. like Josh. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, I get it. I totally get it. I don't know how I would react in that situation. It sounds super annoying, but you know, let's, you know, I think, I think for now we can say, you know, they're good and let's just keep it that way until further notice until otherwise, until, you know, something else happens basically. And we'll definitely keep that on top of that for you guys. This week's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something that is preventing you from achieving your goals? If so, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private environment that's all online, which is very important with current events where you may be stuck at home. You can be communicating with someone within 24 hours, and anything you share is, of course, entirely confidential. It's very convenient as you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can chat and text with your therapist, which are licensed professional counselors who specialize in a range of issues, such as depression, stress, anxiety, and relationships, which is really important right now. If you're not happy, you can change and ask to request a new counselor anytime. So there's no delay and there's no charge for doing so. They have 3,000 licensed therapists across all 50 states 
and it's available on desktop, mobile, web, Android, and iOS apps. You can schedule video or phone sessions, which is great for people who might need a little bit more support in current times. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash teenmomtime. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash teenmomtime. Okay, so moving into this week's Teen Mom OG recap. So I think it would be good to start this with Mackenzie's storyline because we just did talk about whether they were together in real time right now, but this gave us a little bit of a snapshot into their relationship after they uh, reconciled and after Josh reproposed and she said yes and all that. So, okay, now, you know, she said after the, the proposal, Josh moved back in. He's, you know, helping her around the house with the kids. He agreed not to travel anymore for his rodeo work to, quote, earn her trust back, which I don't know if that's the answer to, a, you know, a break in trust because you're kind of just blocking the thing that would make the trust not be there, you know, versus like working on the trust issue itself. But I digress. So. You know, her main storyline was that she wanted to get back into cheer because, you know, when we met her on 16 and Pregnant, she was a cheerleader and she wanted to kind of go back in a capacity where she's a coach and teaching and things like that. Her mom was all for it. Her mom gave her, you know, really great advice. But she, her mom was like, wait a minute, though. Cheerleading involves a lot of travel. And, you know, you just basically told Josh he can't travel. So you guys have to talk about that. They ended up talking about it. And it seems like they kind of came to the agreement that they would, I don't know, actually, Chelsea, because there was, there was that conversation they were having. And then she told Josh, she's like, oh, like, you know, this cheerleading thing, it'll be a lot of traveling. What do you think about it? And he's like, I think it's awesome. And then he said, if I have to go, aka travel with you, I will. Or if you have to travel with me, like, I guess for his radio stuff, then she will. And then she said that they'll play it by ear and they agreed to like work on their dreams together. So it sounded like she re-allowed Josh to travel again. <laughs> I don't It was confusing. I think maybe he agreed not to travel, but was kind of hoping that secretly he would be able to still get to when those opportunities present themselves. And so he was kind yeah. of like, let me just slip in here that if you're going to travel, I could just go with you and then you could come with me so I can do my job. Which, like, to a degree, yeah. I get. It is literally his job to do the rodeo. Um, but, ooh, you know, I don't know. It's weird. Um. <laughs> I don't know. It's as if it were me in her shoes, I don't know if I would want to stop the father of my children from doing his job that provides for my children, you know? But then I also understand. Is it the job that provides for her children now that she's well, a teen mom, Audrey? You know, like, true. would they yeah, be good if true. he took a six month sabbatical? True, yeah. But then he's like a stay at home dad and like. Which apparently she doesn't think he's capable of, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Because she was like, like, I don't want to leave that on you. She said at that point. Yeah, there was. Let me find the line because I wrote it down. Um, (laughs) She was like, work all day and come home to kids. And I was like, babe, that's what parenting is. Like, that's the parents. That's what every parent who works does. Like, a lot of people, I mean, I get she is pretty much up to this point been a stay-at-home mom and a lot of people do that but also Mm -hmm. a lot of people are not able to do that or just choose not to and everybody else seems to manage to 
go to work during the day and then come home and take care of their kids just fine. Yeah, that was a strange. That was pretty telling that she was like, can you do that? Are you capable of that, Josh? Uh, yeah. Well, I hope so for the kids. <laughs> Me too. Because also like he's a dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he right. can't do one weekend alone, like that's a bad sign. Right. For sure. They're not babies. Whatever. <laughs> um, we also saw Amber going to her plea hearing where presumably she had worked out a plea deal with the prosecutor um, because she got two and a half years of probation instead of yep. being charged with a felony, which is incredible for her. Presumably the prosecutor approached Andrew to discuss that since he is the victim of the crimes. Um, so I think it's good that everybody was on board with that, but it turns out that Amber hates it. Um, mm -hmm. and I understand where she is coming from, but she kind of felt that some of the limits of her probation, which include to my understanding, not being able to speak negatively about Andrew. I'm not sure if she can't speak yeah. about him publicly at all, or if she just can't say anything bad. And I don't know if that's again, just publicly or if that's while speaking with James, I assume would be part of that as well. Um, but she kind of feels like that rule is just setting her up for failure, um, in which case she thinks, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't obviously, I don't know the negotiations that went into her plea hearing or her plea deal. So I don't know if the punishment for violating her probation in terms of saying negative things is worse than it would have been if she had negotiated a different plea deal where she could talk crap. But yeah took a heftier charge. Um, so who who really knows what went on there? But she kind of just feels that she's been set up for failure. So what do you think about that? Yeah, the, the details of, of the probation are kind of murky. From what I understand and from what I've seen from other cases in terms of probation is that the probation will uphold whatever happened before, right? So I, I'm pretty sure Andrew was granted a restraining order against her. Mm -hmm. But that restraining order did not cover... Um, or I think it maybe it did cover James at one point, but then she got custody, like visit yeah, visitation yeah, yeah. with James. Okay. So, so, okay. So the restraining order was the first thing kind of. And so basically the probation will uphold the restraining order. And in that case, usually, usually restraining order orders also include, you cannot speak about that person, period. Like online, nothing. Like even if it's like a positive thing, you can't, you can't say their name basically is, is what I understand. So I think, you know, that's like a, a broader kind of scope. I also think that in terms of a probation, I think that you can, if you, if you violate the terms of the probation, but also if you find yourself in another situation where it's kind of like, I don't know, another sort of domestic dispute or uh, like, you know, a traffic ticket or something like that, like that also can be seen as violating a probation. Cause it's basically, you can't, you have to just stay out of trouble period. But I don't know if it's I I don't know if it's setting her up to fail. I think I think Amber, this is going to be her moment where she needs to really prove to everyone that this time she's she's learning from her mistakes and she will not ever go back, you know. And the only way that she can do that is by really keeping to this. And, you know, it makes so much sense to me, too, because we haven't seen her on social media in months. 
think the last post that she posted on her grid was like for Leah's birthday and that was it. So I think she's really got a, a, a good you know grasp on this now. And I think she's kind of like, okay, to avoid me breaking this probation or violating this probation, I'm just not even going to be on social media because if I'm not on social media, I'm not seeing things that are being said about me. And then if I'm not seeing that, then I don't want to retaliate and say anything back. So that's it. And I think, I hope that she sticks to that. It's, it's, it's a tough situation, especially because we've seen so much of Amber's side in this and we don't really have Andrew's yet. We will get into that into the tease later, but I'm interested to see his side for sure. And so for Macy's storyline this week, uh, you know, last week we saw her kind of debating whether or not she wanted to invite Ryan to Bentley's birthday party. She ended up, you know, agreeing that it was a good thing. Her and Taylor talked it over. So they invited Ryan and Mackenzie to bring and I think the kids too to come to uh, Bentley's uh, birthday at a zoo, which was super cute. Ryan wasn't sure at first. He was afraid to break the probation, all that stuff, because, you know, he's also on probation and or not probation. Um, excuse me. He was he's got a restraining order against him. Um, from Macy. So they don't want to break those terms, violate those terms. He has to stay 100 feet away from her, which I think would be hard because she said that the party was a private zoo tour. So I don't know, like, if there's like 100 to keep 100 feet away from somebody on a private tour is hard. But so we saw that. And Ryan and Mackenzie ended up showing up late to the party. It looked like the way that it was edited, it looked like they showed up late. They got there right after Bentley had, you know, they had sing happy birthday to Bentley, which is like, the biggest part of a birthday party, I think. I, know. I think like that's right. Like that's the that's the part you want to be there for, you know. And they missed it, which is like heartbreaking. But they ended up, you know, showed up anyway. And so it was super awkward at the end. We saw this like awkward exchange between Ryan and Bentley and Mackenzie when they said goodbye, and they just did not even acknowledge Macy. But Macy, after the party, she goes to her friend, and you know, she's telling her friend that she doesn't think that Ryan's 100% sober. And I've, I was looking on social media and a lot of fans had the same thought that at the zoo, Ryan did not seem sober. So Chelsea, what do you think? I don't know that I can really weigh in on his sobriety in that moment. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like I didn't get any particular vibes, but obviously Macy would know one bajillion times better than I would. Um... I do wonder, like, how late they were and when they were supposed to show up. Because like you said, it's a private tour. It would be hard to keep your distance. We noticed mm -hmm. that they weren't there for that part at all. They only came after cake was being served. So I wonder if they weren't supposed to be there for the tour and they just were, like, five minutes late to the, the cake part of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if they were an hour and a half late because they were supposed to do the tour. Like, we don't really know. They didn't really get into those details you know I think yeah. if they showed up an hour and a half late and missed the tour entirely and that was not planned then that is not a good indicator I also don't think it's a good indicator that Mackenzie and Ryan were talking about the fight that he had with Larry last episode and she was yeah. just like yeah babe you're right about however mm -hmm. you felt about that and that Ryan's parents were like cool I guess we're just not gonna talk to him about these things like I totally yeah. get why everybody is trying to be careful um, and it is a really sticky situation and I'm not going to come down on one side or another necessarily, but it it felt like also a warning sign if everybody feels like they can't talk to him about what happened there. Yeah, 
I think to Macy said it where she was like, you know, I hope that someone is noticing this if he isn't sober and says like, do you need help? It's okay if you do. But again, like it looks like Mackenzie and Ryan's parents and and I, and this is not, you know, shade to anybody, but I think we've seen this before where they sort of pacify Ryan and look how far that's gotten them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Macy said it's not going to sink in for him until he hits rock bottom and he's not going to hit rock bottom until he's alone and has nothing else left to lose. And I think that may be true. And I, I just don't know that we're going to see him get to that point because yeah. it's really hard for people who love an addict to to see them get there and let them get there and not be like, I'm here for you and I support you. You know what I mean? Like his parents are yeah. always going to try and take care of him. And Mackenzie has this wonderful empathy for people who struggle with addiction. And she's opened up about that before and how she tries to be really understanding about the position that Ryan is in and what he's been through. Um, mm. So when she says, when Macy says like, basically Mackenzie and his parents are going to have to leave before it processes for him that he really needs to get his life on track. Like, I think if that's yeah. true, I don't know that we'll see it. Yeah. And so to wrap up with Shan's storyline a little bit, it's a little bit lighter, but a little more drama. So where she told us when we talked to her a couple weeks back that we were going to see, you know, the her relationship with Matt and their split play out. And I think we're seeing it. I think this is the beginning of the end here. So, I literally wrote beginning of the end in my notes. Oh my God, quiz. <laughs> yes, twinsies. Um, so, okay, basically, long story short, uh, Cheyenne was having like, a party or a get together at her parents' house and she was cooking all day and preparing food. And so, you know, someone had told Matt, hey, you know, since Cheyenne has been on her feet cooking all day in the kitchen, why don't you make her a plate of food? And so he does. And then he put asparagus on the plate. Apparently, Cheyenne does not like asparagus. How dare so he? She, right. But, you know, and just and so she said that the way she did it was that she, all she did was say, I don't eat asparagus and then just placed it back. So then Matt blows up, apparently, and he's like, you're so ungrateful. And that she said that he was screaming at her in front of all of their family, like friends and family and her family. And that it was embarrassing, all this stuff. And so after that, she hadn't spoken to him. He kind of was like staying with some friends. She also said that it was awkward timing because they had were they were supposed to be going on a trip to Thailand for her sister's birthday. And she wasn't sure if she wanted him to come yet or, or still because, you know, they had some tension, which I will say if she because she said specifically that she was thinking about canceling his ticket, which means I'm sure she paid for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if she paid. I noticed that, too. Yeah, which is like, uh, girl, I would cancel that, first of all. Like, no, you are not going to raise your voice at me in front of my family. And then co-ownership with my family. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. for her sister's birthday. Right. I would, uh, listen, I don't know how Cheyenne's family reacted in that moment, but I, like, literally, if my partner would to raise his voice to me, my entire family would jump in and be like, no, you don't do that. Especially, like, a man to a woman, you don't do that. Anyway, I was, I, I'm like team Cheyenne here. So finally, oh, and then we saw a little bit of Matt. He said that he felt his love language wasn't understood and everybody was kind of like telling him, oh, you guys are just going through growing pains. It'll be fine, basically. So they have this sit down the day before the Thailand trip. The day before, and like who waits to that point? <laughs> right, exactly. 
So the day before, and he was, you know, telling her the reasons why he felt like, you know, his love language wasn't being understood. She wasn't reciprocating. Cheyenne was like, I don't need to do this X, Y, Z, blah, 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 all this stuff. And so she told him flat out, they need to reevaluate the relationship, what they want from each other. And so she ends it with saying, it's not a good idea if you come with us to Thailand. And he said, I'm not mad at your decision. I'm not perfect, but I can think we can make this work, all this, all this stuff. And then he like awkwardly, like just gets up and walks away, which is so cringy. But yeah, what do you think? I'm definitely team Cheyenne here. I think we obviously didn't see the argument. We only heard it from Cheyenne's point of view, but I don't think she has a history of skewing things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think when we see things from her point of view, they're, they're usually pretty neutral. Um, obviously like you can't help but let it color your perspective a little bit. I think Matt had a really valid point about love languages because Cheyenne kind of said, like, I don't need to hold your hand every moment of the day and tell you that I like you every moment of the day for me to like you, which is valid. But also, like, if she's not communicating her love and care for Matt in a way that makes him feel seen and, and understood, then that is a whole separate issue. Um, But I thought it was very telling that when he was talking with his friends, like he was the one who yelled at her and he was like, I'm giving her space. And it's like, okay, like maybe you're trying to do a nice thing and give her space. But is it possible that maybe you should not do that and apologize? Like, yeah, I don't know. It felt like he should have maybe been the one to reach out. And maybe he was. It wasn't exactly clear to me, like who set up that meet. Um. But the whole thing was just messy. And I get yeah. why he would be mad, but you, I think asparagus is a really silly thing to get in a fight about. It was, yeah, it was the dumbest fight. But I think it, you see that in relationships where the, like the couple is not compatible, where the littlest things are like the, the biggest blow ups. And that's exactly what we saw. They are, I just don't think they're compatible. And he said it himself, like, my love language is this. And then Shine was like, well, I don't need that to show love, you know? So they just, Either if they don't make an agreement to like meet in the middle, they're never going to work. And I think, you know, this is kind of what we're seeing the reason why they just don't they don't work together. So now we've got Teen Mom Tease and we're going to talk a little bit about what's coming up next on Teen Mom OG. We saw in the preview that Andrew is back in the beginning of the season. He kind of said, I don't want to film unless you're going to pay me a teen mom salary. And they were kind of like, "Okay, bye. Um, but it seems maybe he's changed his mind or we'll see how that plays out, I guess. Um, we also see that Amber is confronting her role in that audio again, um, and what that meant for her and hopefully is going to be taking responsibility for that and really taking a step back, um, and appreciating how, how far things went. We also saw that Kate is ready to talk to her mom and things are going to get a little messy. Um, seems like they had some difficult discussions in store. And we also see that Corey breaks the news to Cheyenne about Taylor's pregnancy. And we talked to Cheyenne about that. So we kind of already got a little bit of the scoop, but we're going to see it play out for ourselves. Yes, definitely looking forward to seeing what Andrew has to say and excited to see the whole Corey Taylor stuff for sure. Well, that wraps it up this week, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can head to InTouchWeekly.com for all of the stories that we talked about today and more. And make sure to listen on Spotify. We'll catch you guys next week. 
Bye. Bye.